Hi there, welcome to episode 84 of the Ballet Through Vulnerability podcast. I'm your host, Gary Turner, and I'm really excited to share this conversation with you this week, which is with Art Scholterson, who is a coach and one of eight or nine world trainers of the Wim Hof ice bath method. Um, Bart is an awesome human. We connected incredibly quickly um, just back in September um, before the Humans First event. And just an incredible conversation for me as Bart is someone that blends spirituality and you know, really living in nature and living from a place of presence and being with a deeply um, neuroscience background. And I think it's a wonderful, wonderful conversation for anybody that yeah, sometimes struggles to hear a balanced conversation between science and those that are trying to live a more spiritual life. Um, this is an incredibly powerful conversation. I took so much away from it. It does sound a little bit meta at times, um, but I personally find it really accessible. And I truly believe that you will all gain value from this conversation. A few of my insights that I wanted to share with you, that I, and learning takeaways that I took from this conversation with Bart. Um, one was when he spoke about my academic education got me at distance from nature. It transformed me into th my thinking head instead of this biochemical factory that I think we are as human beings. There's an awful lot of conversation around the fact that we live inside our heads. We are creating, you know, as parents, as education system, we are creating people to not really develop their critical thinking skills to operate with more creativity. Um, etc which is partly why there's a lot of talk around bringing the arts back or rebalancing the arts with the stem uh, subjects which are of course important so i'd love to know what resonates or indeed what your challenge around that reflection i also really loved it when bart spoke about the fact if you look at an ecg the heart rate goes up and down up and down if you're flatlining flatlining you need to change something i think that metaphor that visual image of an ecg when it is popping up and down, why do we believe for a second that our organisations should operate with a flat line, which is ultimately what the financial markets are looking for, and it's what our organisations are looking for. Consistent growth, guaranteed, assured, like a flat line. Really, really powerful metaphor that. And again, I'd love to know if that resonates or if you challenge that. And finally, as my, my introductory insights, honestly, one of the most insight-fueled conversations for me personally. Feeling is knowing. If you can tune into that again, intuition is going in and feeling again it's so powerful how often do you if you're listening if you're kind enough to join this conversation how often do you allow yourself to feel the feelings or actually do you know what that feeling is telling you and therefore you want to avoid it like i did many years ago and you suppress it with a whole range of other things enjoy the conversation i really hope you take away as much as i did and i uh, look forward to joining you again in the wrap-up Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability. This is a podcast dedicated to putting the human back into humanity. And I've got a pretty awesome human for you today by the name of Bart Scholterson. And he is the creator of the Back to Nature method. So Bart, please let our listeners today know a bit more about you. What's your background and what are you passionate about, Bart? Yeah, well, uh, Gary, first of all, thank you very much for having me. And um, um, was looking forward to this for a while. Um, so, so what I'm about, you know, yeah, you ran, already mentioned my name uh, pretty, pretty nicely, Bart Scholterson. Um, <laughs> and 
by, by training, I've been a neuropsychologist for a very long time of my life, worked in the academic world, um, and sort of created, needed to create a way out um, due to burnout situation. And that's why I started my own company. And that all revolves around helping people and companies getting back to their own true nature. Um, and, that, and that's, well, in a nutshell, what I do. So I help people, uh, whether that's individual people or companies, uh, in, in a multitude of ways to get back um, to themselves, uh, to the core of what they are all about. Amazing. I mean, you mentioned about that you actually experienced burnout yourself, as, as indeed I've spoken a lot about as well, Bart. Um, yeah. Was that, have you always had that thirst for nature from a young age, or was it actually the burnout that triggered you to start looking at nature? No, I think, um, no, I'm not, I don't only think, I know that um, nature has always been around. Uh, as a kid, I was out and about a lot, hardly ever inside, playing around uh, in nature a lot. But actually, my academic education got me uh, at a distance from nature um, sort of it transformed me into this thinking head instead of this biochemical factory that I that I think we are as human beings and it was I was only my head uh, and, and not the um, that that biochemical factory anymore so the burnout was needed um, for lots of things but also to get me back connected to my own nature to my body and nature around myself like like forests and, and green areas they helped me a lot in getting back to myself and that sort of was such a big eye-opener to me um, that I thought okay but this is what I need to do something so I sort of had this epiphany like okay this is what I need to work with um, and that's how I started my own company because we box up things too much People always uh, scream about, yeah, let's think outside of the box. Let, let's just think outside, people. <laughs> what a wonderful, what a wonderful start, Bart. I think, first of all, I want to say thank you, A, for sharing so vulnerably, but also I just want to just have people hear what you just said again. You needed to have the burnout for you to see back to your nature. Like, yeah, I think I did. That's, that's, a real, that's a real ownership of that situation. When In a world where we're trying to drug and medicate and get people artificially back to something that everyone else thinks correct looks like you're taking yeah. real ownership for that i'd love you to speak a bit more about that yeah yeah that's that's no problem um and it's it's uh, exactly as i said i think i think everything that happens in your uh, life happens for a specific reason it might not always be clear um and in the period that i was so yeah well not suffering going through that burnout um it wasn't clear to me why i needed that burnout at that time and point but looking back i'm very grateful uh grateful to have gone through that period because it taught me a lot it, it taught me a lot about the the, the heaps of bullshit uh, i was carrying around that i needed to get rid of um so i think this was needed because um i think it was a very stubborn person uh, in my sort of previous life my pre-burnout life uh, you know goals targets deadlines go 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 um, the academic world is a is a harsh world where um, workloads are high and uh, the work's never finished and it's never good enough um, at least that was the negative connotation i had with it um, so something very extreme was needed to get me out out of that well you, you could call it comfort zone, but it wasn't a sort of a discomfort zone. Get me out of there, get me back connected to myself, 
back connected to nature outside. Um, in essence, that's one thing. We're all part of this bigger thing we call Earth. Um, and so get back that get that connection back to myself in order for me to be present again and grow from there on. Um, so yeah, I needed it. It's, it, it, it's thank you so much for explaining it. I say when I when we first met a few months ago, you know, my experience was very very similar. When I spent six months telling myself I wasn't good enough or I needed X outside of me to justify yes. my identity or that I'm worth something. You know, it's yeah. just incredible how we tie stuff outside of ourselves still. Yeah. 2019 to our self-worth. No? It's crazy. And it's like, uh, I, can, I can remember a few like, like phrases that, that the, the lady coaching me said. And the one thing she said to me that one of the things that struck me most is like, hey, but you know, you, you don't need to solve other people's issues. You don't need to go out there and what, no, you just need to be. And I, at, at that time and point, I was like, uh, I don't understand you. <laughs> what? <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm a neuropsychologist. I've got a PhD. I'm an assistant professor. I need to do this and this and this and this and this. And she said, no, only thing you need to do is just be, be you. Because if you are you, and if you're, so if you're authentic, if you're yourself, and you're not playing a role, uh, and being an assistant professor is a role, um, then then you're good and then things will start solving themselves and to me that was all like magic or uh hippie mumbo jumbo i don't know but it's very true as i know now and how does your sort of neuropsychology education how does that serve you today with this broader understanding that you have does it still serve you in any way to sort of help bridge maybe some people that aren't ready to get back to nature yet is it still a helpful yeah. step Oh. Yes, it is. Um, I'm, I'm very, uh, again, I'm very grateful for the fact that I have spent so much time, so many years in, in science, because I've learned an awful lot there, a lot about how I don't want things in my life anymore, but also just a number of um, really, really um, uh, basic and essential neurological knowledge. Um, I know a lot about how physiologically, neurologically your system works. So when I help people that are uh, dealing with certain kinds of issues, um, for me, it's easier to understand biologically where it might come from and to help with that knowledge, help to explain to people like, hey, you're not crazy. For instance, this morning I was talking to, uh, I was having a session with a client and he told me, yeah, I'm like, I'm thinking I, I might be in a depression. Um, and I, then I just need to ask a number of questions, which I know from my previous life as being that neuropsychologist, uh, to check um, on an evidence-based way, like, okay, does he meet criteria of a depression? And I know he's not depressed, but I said, like, you can, I, I can tell you, but I can also ask you a few questions. And he was like, oh, no, 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 that's not the case. That's no, certainly not. not so then you're not depressed if you look at it from a clinical perspective. So that biological knowledge is still very much applicable in a day-to-day -day situation with individuals or teams. Um, yeah. Yeah, powerful. I, I just found it so intriguing when we first met that you have this, they like say, this really deep, innate, intuitive way of living and being, and also this deep scientific background. It's such an interesting mix. I find it fascinating. <laughs> yeah, thank you. To me, it's also, uh, I, I haven't, uh, like, uh, it's not that I sit down and look at it like, whoa, I'm this interesting combination of things. But when you mention it, yeah, it's true. Uh, there is this evidence-based background and, and, and years of training. 
but also now since since I've been busy with my own company uh, I'm way more open-minded than I've ever been in the academic world um, there is uh, this combination of of evidence based on the one side and, and experience based which to me now is even more important than evidence based but this society needs evidence based so and the combination of those two things apparently in a person like me but I'm not the only one out there who has this combination is powerful in this time where we need both we need um, to, to listen to people um, and we need science to back things up and to sort of come up with, um, with with zeros and ones that prove that what we are feeling already is actually true for the Western world. Mm, interesting. It's, it's interesting you also mentioned the Western world. Do you, have, you, have, you, have you done much sort of research or spent time in the East and compared those sort of different philosophies at any point out of interest? Uh, well, yeah, just, um, but again, out of uh, theory, uh, reading, listening to people and um, speaking to a lot of people who come from all over the globe. Um, and, and it just makes you realize that we in the West, because, yeah, you know, we're, we're both Caucasian living in, uh, in, in Europe, um, we have a certain culture which has its norms and values. But to me, that was the one truth there was because um, I didn't know better. But now that I'm meeting more people on a global scale who all have their own culture and all bring that culture to the discussion, to the table where, where I'm sitting at with those people, um, I'm just so much more open to, hey, wait, there is, not, there is no one truth. Yeah, maybe there is one truth and that is love and energy. But... Everybody has its own uh, pick on it, its own like vision and view. And, um, and who am I to, to judge or say like, no, no, that's not good and that is good. Yeah. I just, I'm deliberately just keeping a few seconds here as I digest. And I'm hoping our listeners that are kindly joining us are digesting what you just said. Like the one thing that probably binds us all, regardless of where we are on this planet, is love and energy. Yeah. And I, and, and I mentioned love and energy, but it, to me, it, it's one thing. So there is one thing connecting, because I truly believe that we are all connected. Um, not only like through the internet, which is also a form of energy connecting people, but there is this global internet, which is not uh, uh, traceable by typing in www.something in your browser screen, but nature everything in nature is connected and we are uh, an integral part of nature. It's just that we build up all these boundaries between the nature that we as human beings are and the nature outside on the other side of clothing, one, the walls uh, of the, the buildings we are in. And we're creating this disbalanced society or the, this disbalanced living atmosphere, um, which is getting us sick and it needs to stop. We need to change something. It's really powerful what you're speaking to because we just finished the, the Humans First call before we jumped on here together. And we had, probably for the first time, we had a lovely lady of colour in Singapore. Mm. We had several people from the US, people from Europe, like at the same time through a, through a, through a laptop screen. Like, yeah, beautiful. And there's no, no one's talking about their job title or what job they're doing or what degree they have. Like on a, as we experienced ourselves in London when we first met face to face. Yeah. Uh, there seems to be a real appetite but for this reconnection yeah back to ourselves it's not it's not as if it's not there is it 
it's always there. It's just that we're not looking at it. It's sort of hiding in plain sight, but we have uh, unlearned ourselves to see the connection that is there. So speak a little bit, because I can't not talk to Bart and talk about the Wim Hof method. So, <laughs> so like for anybody that's listening to us now, this is a, a deeply profound experience and something I know Bart's going to convince me to do at some point. But for those that may not know about it, maybe, can you just speak a little bit about that? And how did you get into being one of the teachers of the Wim Hof method? Yeah, so uh, the Wim Hof method, for the people who don't know yet, and, and, and there are still people that have never heard of the Wim Hof method. Maybe some people might know him as the Iceman. Um, my friend Wim, he's known for having 26 or 27 uh, Guinness World Records regarding cold. Um, and he has been on this, 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 this quest, this soul search uh, of finding himself and connection. And he found that in nature and especially in one extreme part of nature, cold. Um, and I found out about this method um, when I was in my burnout and I saw this video of a guy, I didn't know that was Wim, uh, swimming past an iceberg somewhere. And I thought, okay, this, this, <laughs> this, this, this is impossible. This, this is fake. So I started looking for the green screen and it wasn't there. And then I started Googling, uh, who is this guy? And he turned out to be Wim Hof. Um, and um, it touched me because I thought, okay, um, how? How is this possible? What is he doing? And, and why is he not dying in that ice water? So I started Googling him, checking him out. Um, and long story short, um, I decided that this is something that I needed to catch up on and uh, needed to do. And I started doing the instructor training, becoming a Wim Hof Method instructor. And that was in 2016. So it was at, at the end of my burnout period. I found out about him during my burnout period. It touched me. Um, I started showering cold in January 2015. That really was a game changer because I know there is a lot of um, negativity about cold and because uh, people want to be warm and cozy. That's why we wear clothing and we are in these, these nicely warm rooms that are always somewhere between 18 and 22 degrees Celsius. Um, but our systems can perfectly survive in more extreme situations. It's just that we've made our systems lazy. And, and that is one of the messages that, that Wim was conveying. I thought, okay, this resonates with me because I, I, I need to find more balance. And started doing the instructor training, changed my life, um, gave me a lot of insights into my own functioning and a lot of insight into the, the, the negative things I was still ca carrying around. Uh, learn to let them go, especially in an ice bath, because when you're in uh, in an ice bath or in, in cold water, um, it's not that you start thinking about the groceries that you need to do tomorrow or the negative talks you had yesterday or the boss you need to talk to tomorrow. No, you need to be fully present in that moment, not fighting, just being, and in order to be at peace there. And you can very well be at peace in this extreme cold environment. Your body knows what to do. It's just in our minds that we fuck up, so to say. Um, excuse, excuse my French. And, um, um, but from there on, I thought, no, this is such a profound way of helping people connect with themselves again. I need to do something. So I was in Poland. The, the end of the instructor training is in Poland. Uh, as, an, as a student and at that time in point I said I know I want to be an instructor it's not that yeah I'm going to do a workshop every now and then but I want to be an instructor instructing new instructors and well, almost half a year down that road 
they call so the, the company called me and uh, I started going on that path and now I'm one of the I think there are like eight or nine people worldwide now that train new people into the Wim Hof method and I'm, and I am fortunate enough to be one of those people very cool and is it yeah it, I really love what you just spoke about it was really powerful for me as you spoke about the difference between in that ice bar situation being and fighting and isn't it funny because if we think about that metaphor for a second it's almost like fighting is doing yeah maybe it is a lot of people we get we are trained or educated and and like our parents and our grandparents to be doing some on the uh, doing this going there and it's never about being present um luckily things are changing and people are more open and aware about just being is enough and that's also i guess what my coach said to me when i when she was coaching me like hey bart you don't need to solve anybody else's problem you don't need to go anywhere or do anything you could just be and i think that's also the basis of of meditation breath work and all kinds of more esoterical stuff um which works and which is profound and valuable it's just that in this Western society, we are not educated or trained to look at those things as being powerful. No, they are uh, alternative or crazy or hippie-ish or whatever. And, and I also used to think about those things like that until I ended up in an ice bath. And the moment before I went in an ice bath for the first time, I saw my whole life like in a movie, pass by it, I'm going to die here. Why the hell am I doing this? Uh, but then I thought, no, but I trust this. I can trust. Somehow I found the insight. I had the insight that I can trust my system, my body to do what it's supposed to do. I went in, I was extremely cold for 20 seconds or something. And then I felt the heat turn on in my system and it was warm in an ice cold bath. And that's, that to me was a game changer. Like I'm, I'm almost with you in that. Like it's, it's so powerful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really powerful visual. Like I can see you now as you explain this, and I can just see how much it moved you in that moment, Bob. Yeah, it did. But it's, it's also the beauty in this is that it's so damn simple. I don't say I'm not saying it's easy. It's, it might not. I think everybody could, could have some benefits from, from uh, cold exposure. Um, so, it, but it's not not everybody is ready to do it there are a lot of limiting beliefs and a lot of people's heads to uh, to to, uh, to find reasons not to do this um but it is so simple and that is to me such a beautiful example of uh, the exact contrary of what we're doing in this society overcomplicating everything coming up with rules more rules more rules rules for exceptions on rules and you know we're losing ourselves with all these rules and we need to make mental constructs of those rules in our heads and by that we create a lot of disbalance in our system and when you're in an ice bath you can't think of that stuff you just need to be and when you're fighting in an because when you're fighting in an ice bath wanting to go somewhere wanting to do something thinking maybe thinking that you can beat the ice um you're losing so people i think people should realize that they should stop fighting and start living it's really interesting. I've got this vision in my head, Bart, as you talk of this, 
all of these socialized structures and overthinking and fears it's almost like mm -hmm. we're we're going back inside our own mind and like locking a door and going backwards mm -hmm. locking another door going backwards until we're sort of like we both were standing there going hang on there's no way out of my mind anymore and then bang yeah 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 we're living in our pasts we're living on reiterations of our past running on software out of, and there are, this is said in multiple books uh, joe dispenza speaks about it fish and Lakiani from mind valley speaks about it and it's very true that we 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 all have this 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 thing in our pocket a cell phone and that works or a smartphone and that works on software and we update that software uh, every now and then to make it work better but in a side of our heads if we look at our brains as being this hard drive this supercomputer which it is we are running software like from the dark ages sometimes and we're not updating it when we're, we're hanging on to those limiting beliefs that either we've put in there or our parents society or uh, or, or previous generations and we are able you know this is plastic this stuff is it's it's our bodies are plastic we can learn new things so we should update ourselves every now and then and take time to stop and look around and be open and um, be vulnerable about yourself and check whether the rules that are still, so the software you're still running in your brain is still applicable to now and have the courage to let go of software that's not working anymore. It's, I always find it so interesting and people that listen to this podcast, yes, I'm buzzing again, listen to Bart, like this, that, that interplay, that interchange between being vulnerable, but also having courage. They're like yeah. two sides of the same coin. You can't really do one without the other, can you? I don't think so, no. No, 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 no. It's good that you pointed out, but indeed, I think, I think being vulnerable is the most courageous thing you can do because it will help you grow. And by, for instance, this discussion that we are having, we're both being open and vulnerable and see where it's leading us. It's, it's, it's an epic discussion. And, uh, and, and again, so easy. <laughs> just do it. Just, just, you know, sit down, talk, listen, take it up, react, create awesome shit. It doesn't need to be complicated again. Um, and I think, yeah, so I think courage and, and vulnerability are things that are, on, on the same spectrum and, and need each other, like you know, the light side and the dark side. They both we, they are both needed in this in this reality. We need light um, for to to for darkness to be there, and we need darkness to appreciate light. It's look outside to nature. Um, I don't know what you're seeing when you look outside on an average day, but it usually, but for instance, that picture in the back of you, it shows fluctuations. It shows ups and downs, and that's light they the you know the, the the highs exist by by the fact that there are lows that's the duality in this world but that's not the duality we are creating like we humans and uh, we humans first so to say and no pun intended <laughs> coming back to the humans first club uh, but we humans and then the rest no it's we're all part of the same thing the ups and downs so you need them both that, that, that's, that's beautiful. It's, it's really powerful because what I'm seeing and visualizing as you speak there, Bart, is this. As you say, we've got this outdated system, you know, societal system, work system mainly, which yeah. is fixed on certainty and must be X. 
Yeah, our human experience every single second is up and down, up and down, left and yeah. right. So like it's yeah. just a complete mismatch, isn't it? Fundamentally. It is. And that's why it is time for change. That is why things really need to change. Like there is there are only three certainties in this world. And one is that you are born, but pretty certain you come into this world somehow. Uh, two is that you will die. This physical body is uh, mortal. You will die at some point. Uh, and I'm hoping that like, we can live for, uh, for a very long time in good health. We need to take care of a system for that. But those, those are the first two certainties. And the only real certainty you have in between that beginning and that physical end that's here is change. And the way you go about, you, you deal with change, that creates your reality. And I've been very narrow-minded and fixed uh, working on change. And a lot of, a lot of companies, uh, what you were saying, still are. It's like, yeah, no, we've got this, this line. This is what, what it's supposed to be. But that's not life. Uh, go, go into an ER and look at like, the ECG of people. It go, like your heart rate goes up and down, up and down, up and down. If you have a flat line on that heart rate monitor, you have a problem, my friend. What, what an amazing metaphor in this conversation. If you're listening to this now, think about your own life, your own relationships at work, your organizational health. Metaphorically, do you feel that you're part of a system that gives you life or are you flatlining where you are? Or a flatline. Yeah. That's it's a, a really beautiful. great reflection. It's a yeah. really great reflection. Because if you're flatlining, you're probably on your way to a burnout or you might already be dead. Yeah, get the fuck out of there. Sorry, but you, you, need to, you need to change something. If you're flatlining, you need to change something because that's not life. And, you know, life's not always easy. I don't, people always say to me when they talk to me, wow, you're so full of energy and so positive. And yeah, a lot of the time, but I also have my downsides and then I need to go inside and need to reset and, and reboot my system, do something to be in that, to get back to myself, back connected to that moment of being me again. And from there being uh, like, like the, like Claude, for instance, said, Claude Silver, uh, like this, this, you meet this guy full of energy at 7am in the morning and uh, crazy. Yeah. And I know I can be like that. And I know, um, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but and in essence, I think we all have that, but you also have like the rest and digest periods of the, uh, moments which, which are equally important. I couldn't be like this when I wouldn't have those, down, uh, the, those periods of downtime. And I'm thankful for them. I wasn't back before my burnout. I was only aiming at being on top of the hill, you know, being top 5% of the scientific community I was in or whatever. But that's nice when you're there for two minutes. It's, it's the journey. It's not the top that, you, uh, that, that life is about. And isn't it interesting? Like, I've got so many things. I'm sorry if you're listening. Like, I've got so many. My brain is popping all over the place in my mind. But I'm, I'm, I'm really, I love the visual. I love the way you use a lot of visual explanations, Bart. And yeah. I particularly love, I've got this vision now in my mind of, you know, you see the typical growth curve. Or, yeah, there's a little bit down, but mostly it's going up. Yeah. And as soon as it goes down, people's lives, yeah, people are laid off, their families are impacted, their communities are impacted. You're like, why are we doing that to ourselves? <laughs> we, don't trust, we don't trust ourselves anymore. Because we, we, we don't trust ourselves enough, or we as a society don't trust ourselves enough to see that this downtime, the, the downward movement is needed to go back up again. You know, 
every night we go to sleep when it gets dark, but we know that the sun is going to shine again in the morning because we, we now know that, you know, Earth's, uh, Earth is revolving around this axis around the sun. We, we figured this out. So in essence, we know more about, about um, planets and whatever than we know about the planet we are, human beings, Earth, um, and, and the balance that we should be creating there. No, we only keep on going, creating this balance here because we don't trust us. For some crazy reason, we don't trust ourselves anymore. Our bodies know what to do. We as inhabitants of this planet, we know what to do to create uh, balance because every single cell in your organism and every single cell on the organism we call earth is working towards balance it's just that our minds and the consumerism that's in there and then and, and, uh, it's that's creating so much disbalance that in the end we will create so much disbalance that we need to evacuate this planet or the planet will evacuate us as we start to wrap up, Bart, something really profound has come to mind. And with your mixture of sort of back to nature and um, your neuro background, I talk a lot about we are change as a singular human race because we are always changing. Every second there is a potential yeah. change. But at the same time, there's a beautiful paradox with balance. So what I'm sensing from what you're saying is balance is change. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice one, eh? Drop the mic. <laughs> but really, but, but if you think of, like, without overthinking it, but really, I, I, I feel that. Like, I've, I've spoken for a while now about we are change, so let's stop trying to fight what we already are. Yeah. But the word balance, actually, yeah, we, we are perfectly aligned between change and balance in the moment. Yeah, aligned in a sigmoidal, uh, yeah. what's the word for it, wave. We are energy. We are energy energy. is not flat. Energy is a wave. And that is what we are. That is what every single cell in our bodies is. That is what this planet is. That is what this computer is made of that we're talking through. Uh, everything is energy. And energy is change. Continuous, never-ending change. Hence, that's also balance. Drop three mics. Ah, <laughs> beautiful! Yeah, there's going to be a. I think there's going to be a part two to this part in 2020. There's too much to explore, but honestly, it's beautiful. It's it's really yeah. lovely how we can really. I'm hoping people can hear in this conversation. They can see in themselves a little bit of. Oh, am I giving myself permission to slow down, to stop, yeah. to get back yeah. to nature, to hear, to feel my to feel my feelings? I think so few of us. I certainly didn't, Bart, until recently. Mm allow myself to feel what that feeling was telling me. Yeah, me as well. I was this walking head instead of this body which I was talking about and I was only rationalizing stuff, not feeling anymore. But feeling is knowing. And if you can tune into that again, then because, you know, intuition going in and feeling again, that's so powerful. Because the way we met, for instance, that was pure feeling. Like if, if I would be rationalizing our meetup, then I wouldn't have, because there was too many, uh, yeah, there was too many uh, chances that this wouldn't work out or whatever. It wouldn't bring whatever we would think it would bring, but it felt good. And that's why I said to you, you know, I'm coming over, I'm coming over to London because this feels good. We had a talk on Monday uh, and it went through the roof 
And I said, okay, I'm going to do my best to be there on Wednesday because it felt good. And the more we tune into our uh, feeling, the more we are aware of all those biochemical signals that make up feeling that our body is sending us energetically and, and physiologically, same thing again. Um, the more we tune into that, the more we listen to that, the, the more vulnerable we're going to be, the more open we're going to be, and, and the, the more beautiful the decisions that we're going to take are. And yes, we will bump our heads, obviously, because you know nobody is perfect and everybody is perfect. It's also the same thing again. Um, and it's okay. I bump my head every day multiple times and I'm grateful for it. It hurts when it happens, but then I think, okay, now I can learn something. Because you're not going to learn anything when you're on that top of that mountain uh, shouting like the biggest monkey in town, like, woohoo, look at me, look at me. No, you're not learning anything there. You're learning something on the way up there or the way down from there. And if you look at life like that, every, every single second in life becomes a learning experience. At least that's how I look at it now. And, but don't, you know, don't believe anything of what I say, but create your own value. Take something from this discussion that you're listening to now and, and, and create your own value from that. It's not that, I am, I am the, it's not that I'm telling the truth. No, not at all. I know nothing. But be open, be aware, and be vulnerable for change, for balance, and find that connection inward again, and then work on that connection outward again. In this modern-day society, everybody is working on outward connections, forgetting about who we are. The fact that we feel stuff and that we should trust ourselves. We are good enough. It is just like Humans First Club says, you belong here. To me, you belong here is here in your own system, in your own heart, which in essence is the same as your heart. It's the same energy. So it is all one. And if you're plugged into that, then beautiful shit starts happening. Well, I'm, I'm literally buzzing. I'm literally buzzing because, first of all, thank you for your humility and your humbleness because you are an awesome human being. But for you that are listening, yeah, there are seven and a half billion unique, awesome human beings that are of all equal value. And I really love that Bart spoke about that you are enough because you are. And, yeah. you know, we're not just motivational speaking here if you're kind enough to have got this far in the conversation. But for me, this inclusion discussion, the diversity discussion, that has all come because we don't believe we're good enough or we think we're better than somebody else or we're more valuable than somebody else. Whereas actually we're not. We are one singular connected human race. They're not a black one. There's not a brown. One, there's not a white one. There's one. Like, and I think the sooner we can start to believe and feel that, a lot of this stuff goes away, Bart, for me, really. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes further than that. You say one human race. You're co completely correct. And of course, there are individual variations, but it goes further because we are one living organism, Earth, with all of its inhabitants. And that is part of one bigger organism, the universe. It is all one energy that is connecting us. So there is no difference. I am you and you are me, as above, as below. That's the same thing. It's going <laughs> to... Be interesting to see if people at this point people switch off and go right okay that's enough <laughs> <laughs> well then i would love to hear that from people well, um but this, yeah. but this is the point this is why we have this called it's called value through vulnerability for a reason i'm really hoping this is such a rich 
conversation bar that is really applicable and everyone can mm-hmm. see something in ourselves, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm really hoping towards the end they're hearing the oneness that, you know, we, we're not separate. You know, no. we're not separate. We don't need to fight each other. There is enough for everybody to yeah. survive in this place. Yes. It's like when we should stop fighting and start loving a bit more because when you're fighting, you're losing. It's, to me, it's that easy. We can fight and win something short term, but in the long run, you will never win. There will only be losers when you fight. It's, like, it's also like when you're pulling or pushing. Grass doesn't grow quicker when you pull it. It breaks. Well, my friend, how can people get hold of you? What's the best way to find you? Sort of websites, you know, social yeah, media? Yeah, well, my, my, my website is continuously under construction, but uh, at this time and point, I'm translating it, uh, it into English. Um, but www.bartscholtersen.nl And maybe you can post a link somewhere under, sure. I don't know. That, that's how people can find me. But I'm actually, I'm most active on, on Instagram. So at bartscholtersen on Instagram is where you can find me or LinkedIn. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and then my, my phone number is there because I'm vulnerable and open. Just give me a call if you want to have a talk or want to connect. It's all good. Perfect. And is there, are there particular potential clients or organizations that are really of interest to you if they're listening to this right now? And that you, I, I appreciate you're open to anybody with us all being one, but is there any particular target areas you think, yeah, I'd like to try and get under the skin of this type of person or these types of organizations? Ah, then it would turn into a competition. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do my best not to look at it like that. Um, no, I'm open to connection. And if people feel, um, if people feel this talk, feel the contents of this talk, and feel that I might add something to their growth process, then I'm open for discussion. Perfect. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, Bart. You've been awesome. Thank you very much. Take care. Cheers. Take care. Hi there, and thank you so much for joining Bart and I in this conversation. If you've reached this far, thank you. I just want to share some extended reflections, wrap up uh, reflections for me personally, in case they serve you um, following this discussion. Um, first of all, Bart spoke about the fact that what we are doing in this society, overcomplicating everything, coming up with rules and rules and rules and rules for exceptions, we're losing ourselves with all of these rules. We need to make mental constructs of those rules in our heads, which creates a lot of disbalance. Just think about that for a second. How much mental torture and energy are we spending just trying to cope with the range of different socialized and economic and work created rules that have been set up? So whilst, yes, on the one side, we are fully in, you know, we're fully within our own power with regard to the stories we tell ourselves. But there are a lot of things going on outside of us that make it difficult <laughs> to trust ourselves, which is one of the points that Bart was speaking to during the conversation. I'd love to know what you're thinking on, on, on that reflection. This is such a powerful um, reflection for me. And Bart spoke about we are running software from the dark ages, i.e. in our brain. We're hanging on to these limiting beliefs. And something I've literally, over the last couple of days as I record these reflections, have started to look at. Oh, what are some of the beliefs that I hold personally? Um, when did I last challenge them? When did I last reflect on them? When did I last check in with whether or not those beliefs are indeed aligned with my personal values, which are my two core values are around growth and connection? Is there anything that's within my system 
my operating system in my brain right now, which is completely counter to that and that I need to let go. I'd really love to hear from you if that resonates with you. And indeed, what would it look like if you challenged your beliefs within the next 24 hours? I have a bugbear regarding evidence-based. Um, for those that know me, um, <laughs> I, I, I fall in love with the some element around evidence-based and I fall out of love even quicker with it. Um, I wrote a piece a while back around evidence for validation. I totally understand, but evidence for justification, I struggle with a bit more. And Bart spoke to the fact that experience base is even more important for him than evidence base. But society within its current setup needs evidence base. So again, this balancing of the left and right hemispheres of our being, um, yeah, it really comes to the fore. And I don't really have any particular answers right now apart from what do you see? What is your view regarding the evidence-based conversation that's going on right now? For sure, it's helpful to evidence, but do you believe, there's ever, there's, like me, that there's more value in experimenting and evidencing what works, what didn't, and how we iterate from there? Or do you, do you believe in the justification of evidence? There's no right or wrong answer in that. I'm trying not to sound judgmental. I'm just really intrigued. It's something I, I wrestle with often. I thought it was really powerful when Bart shared that the highs exist by the fact that there are lows. Again, a little bit linked to that ECG comment that we made, that he made earlier on in the conversation. But if we don't embrace the darkness, if we don't tap into that, feel it, acknowledge it, talk about it, own it, then we can't thrive within the light. So I'd love to know if that resonates with you. And my final takeaway was where Bart spoke about the fact that you need to be fully present in that moment, not fighting, just being, in order to be at peace. Now the context was regarding being in an ice bath, but I think that metaphor translates. We're so busy being busy that we very rarely feel peace within the current um, societal and work paradigms that we operate within, I believe. So I'd love to know, what could you do to create the space for you, whether metaphorically or to have a cold shower, to sit in a cold bath or just go for a walk? What would it look and feel like for you? How can you give yourself more space for insight to arrive? Uh, and innovation and creativity and connection so it's already within every single one of us but do we give our permission to feel into that and just to be i hope that some of these reflections both in the opening throughout our conversation and as i've wrapped up serve you in some way i'd love to hear from you um, at my website the listening organization that's one word you can find me on twitter at gary turner zero that's g-a-r-r-y you can find me i now have an instagram account i'm uh, bringing myself into the 21st century but more importantly, I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to learn from you, learn with you, grow together. As I say, growth and connection are my two core values, and I really want to role model those. And if I can serve you in any way, you know that I've created a few different products. I've got a, a leadership um, development product in our safe house, the Engageathon, which is um, a more inspiring way to bring people together through a mix of in-person and virtual means, because all of our people already have the answer. So let's try and unleash that potential. And yet, human-centered organizational design is also a passion of mine, is running workshops that allow people to come together to co-create improved versions of the future. So I'd love to hear from you. Again, my name's Gary Turner. Thank you for joining me in this conversation, if you reached this far. And until next time, this is Value Through Vulnerability. <laughs>